Good evening, all viewers. You already know what time of day it is. Actually, you don't, because this is our first night episode of Hold Down the Fort. This is episode five, and we're back to bring you the best analysis on not only college football, not only the NFL, uh, but soccer as well. And we're going to be adding some new segments soon. Um, please like, subscribe, uh, leave some comments, thoughts. Uh, we're going to try to make this, this episode a bit more debate-oriented, even than the last one. Um, so, yeah, we're excited, um, and I think it'll be a good, a good one. So let's, let's get right to it. But wait, before we do, I don't know if you noticed something different, but Michael, Vinay, and I are together. And unfortunately, Sam will not be joining us live for, for the near future because he is not a Gator. Um, but yeah, the rest of us at the University of Florida are, are recording in our studio, um, you know, ready to provide as much you know, content for you as possible. So I'm glad you could join us. Primetime episode podcast. Yeah. But yeah, we can get right into it. Um, let's talk about the college football playoff title game between the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU uh, lost their horn. Frogs, it appears. Um, I can't believe you just said that, bro. Yeah, so Georgia beats TCU. Final score, 65-7. to seven. Um, Yeah, it's 6-5. Not 6 plus 5, not 6 times 5. 6, 5. Just 65 points. Um, let's talk about it. What are, what are our biggest takeaways from this game? Um, and, you know, I guess we can't even really call it a game because it was more of a blowout. It was more of an embarrassment. Um what are our thoughts, Sam? I guess I'll start with you. Yeah, uh, this was an embarrassment of a game, really. I mean, Georgia just came out and dominated literally from the first snap, and the, the roll Jesuses did not roll. Um, I guess you could say they got somewhat crucified in this game, even. Oh, good um, one, good this one. <laughs> this, was just, this was just an embarrassment. I stopped watching after halftime. Um, and I, I love TCU. You, wait, wait Sam, TCU. You, Sam, you made it to halftime? I was. I did. I did make it to halftime. You see, I, I was sat I, through it, and I made it to halftime. I was watching. Um, I was watching, but I wasn't really watching because I knew that game was over from. No, the really third watching. Third. I was going through TikTok most of it, but you know what? We sat there. I was rooting for TCU, um, and no shade. Like they deserve to be there. You beat Michigan. You know you earned your spot. You know we, we can't shade them for that. But you know you just you got met up with a, a far superior opponent. And they did their thing. 65-7 to seven is ridiculous, but there's just nothing you can do. Georgia was the better team, but TCU definitely are in their spot. Uh, Rohan, how about you? What are you thinking? Listen, man, the underdog story could have, you know, gone all these, you know, as far as it did. Um, you know, they were they, they did a good job to make it to the final, like you said, and, you know, beating Michigan was no easy task. And, you know, with that momentum, I just kind of felt you know, something in the air. And, you know, I just thought, you know, continue to back the boys from TCU. But it didn't work out. Georgia obviously showed that they're the better team. They deserve to win the college football championship. Um, you know, it just really goes to show that the SEC is different. And, you know, it just means more. Um, but, yeah, my, my takeaway is that, yeah, TCU looked pretty, you know, uncompetitive throughout the game. And Georgia just kind of dominated. Um, what about you, Spinner? Any thoughts? Well, I, for one, was really looking forward to seeing Max Duggan. Heisman finalist in these stakes, in these circumstances, and see what level he could rise to. And I was appalled by how poor his performance was. So just a quick question for you guys. Don't need to get too deep into it, but like, was it just Max Duggan being terrible, or is the Georgia defense just that good? I guess I'll go first. No, it's, not, it's the Georgia defense, 100%. 
Oh, or Sam will go first too. Get Sam <laughs> go for it. I I mean, you guys can all jump in. I mean, I feel like this is a pretty simple question. Yeah. I, I think Georgia's defense. Max Duggan's not a terrible quarterback. Let's not pin this all on him as if Georgia does not have NFL prospects littered throughout that defense and Kirby Smart is not a, a, you know, a great defensive mind. So let's not, let's not pin this on a guy who doesn't really deserve it. Obviously, not his best game, but there's really only so much you can do when you're going up against such a superior scheme defense than what you were facing in Michigan and in the Big 12 for the rest of the year. He yeah. played, I mean, he played bad, but we can't just put this all on him. The O-line was injured and overwhelmed, and he just, nothing went their way. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm tempted to say, like, you can't even blame him because it was, like, the entire team looked like they didn't, exactly. they didn't belong there. It was not just Max Duggan. Um, obviously, didn't have the best of games, but um, that's what you expect when you play the number one defense in the country who only allows 77 rush yards a game. Um, like, what, what else could you ask for? I mean, like, I saw this coming uh, as per my prediction in the game, 38-20. to 20. Um, that was being so generous. I thought I was being generous then. And, you know, in hindsight, I was right. Um, Sam and Rohan, I know y'all picked TCU to win. Um, and thus, for the near future, I will ask you to not make any more college football That's days. Rohan's fault. That's Rohan's yeah, fault. Yeah. I, I would also, you tell me not to take any ridiculous takes, but the ridiculous take that I took was the one that we made a wager on. As the one that I won. So when it counts, my wages do actually, my bets I do actually. I asked to double or nothing with uh, the Georgia TCU game, and, and you refused. Dude, you're talking a lot of talk to a person with the lowest best best. Oh, oh best saying. best shot, and we will get to that a little bit later. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying I have the best ranking, and you know that means I cannot. You know. All right, dude, dude. All right, honestly, you know, fair play, you know, congratulations. But to switch topics real quick, back to the TCU stuff. You know, we still have to decide on the punishment for the three gentlemen to my left and above me. You know, we did get one comment uh, on the on the last episode for a suggestion, which I kind of like, is for the boys to go out in their respective college towns and ask them some embarrassing questions to post on our TikToks. Um, I, I don't like interviews, so I, I can't do that one, sorry. Oh, but, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the game, though. Let's talk about something more serious. Um, I guess... A follow-up question to, to this scenario is, is this game telling of a change that's needed to be made to the structure of college football, specifically the college football playoff? I mean, we saw a game that was not competitive at all. I mean, I can only imagine what the viewership numbers were at halftime of that game. I'm sure there was millions of people out there like Sam, couldn't watch it anymore. Um, you know, I kept it on in the background, but I also wasn't even watching. Like this, Those types of games are not great for the sport. But I'm kind of in agreement with you, Sam. I, I think that TCU did deserve the spot. They had the resume. They deserved it more than Alabama. They played a better season. They had a better season than Alabama. And, you know... And they deserved it more than Michigan, because if Michigan can't beat them, we can't argue that they should get yeah, the yeah, national championship. Yeah, that, anyone saying that TCU did not deserve to be there, um, I completely disagree with for that same point. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a different question than... When, when you're asking who deserves to make the playoff, it's not... Give me the four best teams. That's what I, I would like to see that. That would be great. But ethically, you have to ask yourself what team had the like the best performance throughout the entirety of the season. 
And at the end of the day, well, yeah. okay. Well, let me also say to that: if you're a fourth best team, if you're one of the four best teams, why not have one of the four best resumes? If your schedule is that easy and that simple, win the game. Well, that's well, that's what I'm saying, though, right? Like they can be yeah, a top. Alabama's so yeah, good. They can be a beat top. Tennessee, beat LSU. Okay, first of all, those are not easy teams to beat. Um, this is the SEC we're talking about, and we know who Georgia is, especially after today. Second of all. Second of all, I think we're I think we're actually in agreement because I think that Alabama, if they were to play against TCU or Michigan or maybe even or maybe even Ohio State, Vegas would have them as a favorite in that game, and there's no denying that. And I agree, I would like to see that game too. It'd be a great game, but I do agree that TCU deserved to be there 100. They had the better resume. They played better throughout the season. And it's because Alabama is a better team and they did not win those games that I don't think they deserved it as much as TCU. I'm in agreement with you. TCU should have been there. Uh, Ron, or Vinay and Ron, uh, thoughts? Yeah, Vinay, go first. I don't know. Just Max Duggan just rubbed me the wrong way at that performance. You know. I'm just a little over all this Bama talk because we talk about Bama like they would have beat Georgia as if they didn't. They beat, what, two top 25 teams the whole year? Sam. Mississippi State and Texas are your best wins? Sam. And you think you can go into the national championship and win? Like, Sam, I'll ask you one question. Would the game of the Alabama-Georgia game have been 65-7? to 7? No, obviously it would not have been 65-7. to 7, But could it have very well been 37-16, to 16, 37-17 like last year, a 20-30 point win? Hundred percent. It could. This it, Bama, I mean, this is not the same Bama that we have seen in years past, but because of the name, we give them so much that they don't deserve, especially this year. Well, I mean, look to their. Yeah, I don't think they would have won. Could it have been a game? Yes, it could have been a game. One hundred percent. But you know what? If you wanted the chance, you should have won your games, and and I mean, that's all. I mean, LSU ended up with four losses. So there is also an argument to be made that Alabama's resume is possibly better than TCU's. There is an argument. No, no, no. There is. Okay, no. That's there, pretty Because now, now, now we got to count that Michigan win. We got to count that Michigan win on TCU's resume. Oh, I'm saying. Oh no, I'm talking about going into the playoff. Uh, I don't know. One loss to a team they already beat, and then uh, both teams played Texas. Kansas or uh, TCU beat them handedly. Alabama barely beat them by one, and their starting quarterback went out in the first. Quarter, yeah, but so. Alabama also didn't beat Baylor on a game-winning field goal, right? Like. These are things. No, but no, but they also, you know, TCU also didn't lose twice on a two-point conversion and a winning field goal. The, the fact that it so. won, I don't know. Like, all right, this is also just a pointless argument because that playoffs already over. Georgia destroyed yeah, TCU. Whatever. We'll we'll see next but, year. But back happens. to that question I asked though: Do we need structural changes in college football? Is the playoff a system that should stay as is? Go back to two teams or expand to more teams? What do y'all think? I, I guess Sam, you could start since. Um, yeah. Well, we're already going to more teams, so I mean, I don't know what, uh, when? you know, what we're going for here, but what do you mean? We've got more teams. I think a little too much. So I think eight teams is honestly uh, the sweet spot. Like I think that's where we should be. Wait, sorry, just but to clarify, I think it'll make it more fun. Just to clarify, you said that we're already going to get an expansion. Well, we are getting expansion. It's, it's coming in the you know the next few years. Well, it hasn't. It's, been, it's not been signed yet. What do you mean? Has it has it, has that like a formal agreement been made to expand the playoffs? Oh yeah, that's official. So to how many teams though? It's coming in. Uh, well, it's slated for twenty twenty six, but the CFP wants to move it up to twenty twenty four if the uh, multiple can agree to some other terms. But uh, no, we'll, we'll be getting a twelve team playoff. That's been confirmed, and I think that'll bring more parity to the sport. It, it gives more teams a chance to um, 
advertise themselves to recruits and transfer portals. Uh, players, so I could be no, wrong. I'm excited for that. I think that'll be a good move for the sport, honestly. I think eight teams is better, but 12 works too. It's, it's all fun for me, to be honest. It gives the chance for some Cinderella stories. I see. I might have to disagree with that take of Cinderella stories. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very up in the air. Obviously, I understand it going the other way. That's just me. I just like parody. I like seeing more teams with a chance to compete that we're not used to seeing every year. But it, you could easily go the other way on that. I like parity, but I also don't ever think that a 12 seed is going to win. Yeah, no, no, no. I, like, I, yeah, I agree with you there. That's why I think it should be eight teams. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm not going to throw it. It's fed over 12. How about y'all? What do you think? I mean, so I really like, don't, don't really know much about this topic. So, I mean, okay. I mean the, the current like, system is fine, I guess. But, I mean, if there's a way to improve that, I see. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> we can't deny that while... The final was a terrible, terrible game, by all means. The semifinals were extremely competitive, and I will say some of the greatest college football playoff games we've seen in a while. Those two semifinals if were not, electric. If not the best ever. If not the best Depending on what you like in college football. So it took a drastic, you know, snooze fest of a final to diminish the absolute craze that these semifinals had dropped, like, brought up. And I think that was really successful. I don't know if there's a ton of structural change that needs needs to be made, but I definitely agree that you know this this one wasn't that yeah. bad. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think a 16 playoff would be cool because then in this scenario we would have seen like Bama and Tennessee in there. Um, the one and two seeds get a bye. That I don't know. That would have been cool, but. Yeah, I guess we'll see where, where it goes. I'm also not sure that the 12-team playoff is confirmed. I, I don't know if I'm just forgetting. Uh, no, it's, it's slated for 2026. It's it's happening. Okay, okay. It, what's not confirmed is whether we'll get it in 2024 or not, uh, which we'll, you know, we'll have to see. Okay. But it is. We are getting it at, uh, down the road. Okay. Um, basically, the next question that I have is... What is y'all's early championship prediction for next year in the college football playoff? Um, I'm just going to put it out here. You uh-huh. know, we already know. I love, you know, taking the underdogs. Um, I'm actually going to say the Florida Gators. And here's why. Roll the Gators. Roll the Gators. Listen, Sam, I know, I know you're, you're an opposition FSU fan, but just hear me out, all right? As no, no, not even as an FSU fan. This is just, that's just funny as a, a football watcher. Okay, okay. So as a casual college football fan who just started watching the sport two years ago, um, i got to say, you know, the Gators really have, you know, made an impact on me. And uh, i got to, you know. Graham Hurts, let's go. i gotta, I got to back the boys. Um, you know, Billy Napier, second-year head coach. Um you know, a lot to prove, but you know, after his first season, six or six, coincidentally, also went six or six in his first season with the Raging Cajuns. You know what happened here too? Eleven and two. Yeah. Um, so you know, definitely some improvements to be made there. Um, you know, we have a lot of talent coming in. We have one of the best, you know, defenses in the country next year. Um, and you know, I think our schedule is like really easy, by the way. Um, I disagree. I don't know, like. We were playing some, like, Utah, Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee. That's three right there. I mean, yeah, those are like 
LSU, 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 those are two more, you already have five, let's focus on that. Alright, okay, yeah, sure, alright, their schedule's decent, but like, yeah, alright, alright. This pick is the Florida Gators, cool. And Sam, don't laugh too hard, because I could make a pretty convincing argument as to why that would happen. Anyway, on a separate note, Matt Mercy winning their championship, let's see what else happens. My early pick to win the 2023, actually, 2024 College Football Playoff Championship, dang, 2024. Um, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide, unfortunately. Um, there's no way Nick Saban is going to let Bama be where, what it was this past year. Um, you know, like, you already know what Saban, like, what time Saban, Saban's on. Like, he's, he's going to come back. It's a revenge tour, revenge season. Um, he's got so much talent on that roster. I think we forget how much talent they have on their roster. So much talent. And I get it. Georgia has a bunch of talent. AM has a bunch of talent, right? But they don't they don't have the coaching stuff that to match those other two programs I mentioned. But I, I don't know. I, I think the guys that are coming, even though even if Bryce Young is gone, I think they have just so much talent at quarterback in that quarterback room. Um, like at every single position, I I have trouble finding holes, even with the guys that are projected to go to the draft. I mean, they just have so much depth and um, I just don't see a world in which Saban doesn't come back and make a statement just like he did um, in the bowl game against um, Kansas State. So, uh, yeah, that's my early pick. Vinay, you got one? Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me to say sitting here, you know, just a two-minute walk away from the legendary Van Hill Griffin Stadium to say anybody but the Florida Gators. But I will have to say... I'm going to go with Tennessee, and, and, you know, it pains me to say this, but I just think that that offense they built there is something crazy. And, yes, major chink was placed in their season when Hendon Hooker went down. Uh, it's scary to think what happens if there's no chinks in that offense. and No one, no one was really able to, to fully stifle them at their height. Yeah, and I mean, except Georgia. Except Georgia. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but also Joe Milton coming in has some of the best arm talent. Or not arm talent. Right, he's getting really overrated, though. we got to calm down. I mean, well, all right, he has a lot of power or arm He left power. Michigan for a reason. I mean, yeah, because you have J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara right. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, right, I'd, rather go, I'd rather go to Tennessee and be the confirmed second string. Yeah. Well, let's see if he wins the job. I mean, Nico is on the bench competing, so we'll see. Uh, I don't think Nico wins it that quickly. Maybe throughout the season. I know, but no, we'll see. Like, there's that's, a chance. Yeah, that's, a, yeah that, that's an interesting point. I forgot Nico was going there. But, Sam, who's yeah, your pick? So, I mean, we'll see that. Who's your early pick? All right. You guys ready for this bomb job? No, I don't. Don't say FSU, bro. Don't do it to me. No, nah, I'm trolling. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Okay. Uh, I'm with Michael. It's, it's Alabama. Okay. Um, they... This recruiting class is completely loaded. Nick Saban has, he's on a mission right now. Uh, he's making a statement. Eight five stars, I believe, possibly seven. I think, I thought they got one more. But, you know, seven or eight five stars, that's ridiculous. Uh, flipping guys from everywhere, getting in the transfer portal, basically kicking out the guys he didn't want there who went in the transfer portal somewhere else that, uh, you know, weren't with what he wanted. But, um, and I think Michael and I are going to do like a way too early top 25, like breakdown. So we'll talk about it more in there. But um, Alabama is the most QB sound going into next year of all these major powers. Georgia's losing Stetson Bennett, Ohio State losing CJ Stroud. 
but he hasn't declared yet, but, you know, we're assuming. Um, Bama losing Bryce Young, obviously, but all these guys are losing everything. TC losing Max Duggan for whatever that's worth. Um, but I like the guys on Bama's QB room the most. Uh, they got Ty Simpson in there, talented young guy. Jalen Monroe showed he was capable. So we'll see what goes on there, but I think they're the most steady. Uh, I think they've retooled. Nick Saban's on a mission, and they just don't go this long without winning a national championship. So they're my pick. I'm with Michael. Yeah, and for me, it's not even this most recent recruiting class because those guys are just now coming in. No, yeah, it's, 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 it's every year. Every it's year, years. every year. Um, and yeah, it's they just continuing to rebuild. Uh, bottom left. Um, anyway, the last question I have on the college football questionnaire on this kind of topic um, what team do y'all think could be either surprisingly good or surprisingly bad next season? Um, I will start with you, Sam, since we're going to go, let's go reverse order. All right, you ready for the bomb drop now? Uh-oh. Is it? it I'm um, trolling. I'm still trolling. Right. Go on there. Um, no, my pick is Oregon State. Uh, if you guys have been tuning in, you know that I've kind of become a fan of Oregon State for no reason <laughs> over these last why uh, few weeks. Wait, uh, why though? Like, why yeah. though, huh? Something like their uniforms are sick. I don't know. Maybe because they, 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 maybe, maybe they beat the Gators. Is that why? No, because look, I was on them before that. I was on them during okay, the Oregon okay. game. So well, I was on them. we'll let them start. Well, what is it? No, I, I, I love their defense. They're a young and up and coming team. Good coach. Uh, in a very winnable conference in the Pac 12. They get DJU, who is by no means a star quarterback, but he's very serviceable. I mean, he played, he played bad at Clemson by any means. It just wasn't up to Clemson standards. But obviously, Oregon State standards are very different. So I think he's very serviceable. Uh, with him, the top 10 defense, they're, they're not horrible recruiters. I mean, they get guys. Uh, you know, you get some dudes in the transfer portal. So I think they're a secret team. Most people have them in, like, the tail end of the top 20 and top 25. I think if DJU comes in and plays pretty good, they can definitely make a push for fringe top 10. No playoffs or anything, but no winnable conference with a decent schedule. I think they could definitely make some noise. All right. Or do you want to give um, like someone you think is going to be surprisingly bad next season, or are you good? Are you good with oh yeah, uh, surprisingly bad. You know, I'm kind of tempted to say LSU. Frankly, I they're losing guys. Um, they have talented young guys on the roster, but you're losing your top receiver and Booty, who just did not really get or Boote, who really just did not get along with Jaden Daniels. I'm not extremely high on Jason. Um, <laughs> Jalen Daniels. Bro's mind is somewhere else right now. Dang. All right, continue. Sorry. Uh, I'm not high. I'm not extremely high on Daniels, but um, you know they ended that season kind of rough. I mean, we all hyped them up a lot, but they were still like ten and four, nine and four. Like, still lost quite a quite a few games there. So I, I think LSU might crumble a little bit. Nothing like horrendous, but another four loss season is definitely. All right, I would actually have to disagree with you there, Sam. I was. It's really funny you say that. I was actually going to have LSU on one of my sleeper teams for next year. I mean, okay. yeah, it's yeah. possible. Maybe I'm just saying. I don't know. I think Jaden Daniels, I saw him play here in the swamp, front row, 50-yard line. And that man is kind of a dog. I was in his ear all night, but that didn't get to him. And very few people um, can, can kind of do that and, and set my trash talk to the side. So I have a lot of respect for him. And he, just, he looked like a dog out there. Um, I don't know. That team is just so, like... It's so it's it's honestly hard to predict. I just think they're gonna be. <coughs> well, they start the year against my seven, also. We'll see then. That'll be a tone setter. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess we will see. But they're also getting a ton of really good guys from the transfer portal. I don't think they're losing that yeah, much no, now. They, they have a chance, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I just I, I don't There's know. not a lot of teams that I look at in the top, you know, 10 or so where it would be surprising if you were bad. There's just not a lot of teams that I look at and you're like, well, yeah. uh, that I would be shocked if they did bad. So yeah. LSU yeah. would probably I don't know. But, I mean, you guys. Yeah. It's up in there. And just because I'm a Gator, I think the team that won't necessarily do bad but won't do as well as people are hyping them up to be right now is the Florida State Seminoles. I've seen a lot of people on social media say that the Seminoles are on their way too early rankings. They have the Seminoles at like three or four. Um, I think you and I can both agree it's kind of blasphemy, Sam. Yeah, um, no, I don't think that's fourth, but I don't think that's a consensus ranking. I think that's a few people at ESPN who are getting ahead of them. So I like I two, know, two, four, seven sports too, but yeah, like... Uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's a little high. I agree. I don't know. I think even if you were to, if you were to take the average person's ranking of what, what they thought FSU would be, mine would be lower. Is kind of my point. I would say it'd, I would say it'd be in the mid teens. I'm on record saying that I think they should be like 15 through 20. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess we're in agreement there. I don't know. I, I just don't really trust Mike Norvell. I know they're doing well. My my record prediction. I'll reiterate this, but my record prediction for them next year is. Um, I believe 11 and 2, and they do win the conference, but I do believe we lose to LSU. So I'll keep that on record now. I have us losing to FSU in that opener, or LSU in that opener. You have you all 11 and 2, though? I think that math is right. I, maybe it's 10 and 2. But something with a conference right. championship and losing to LSU in the first week. I'll review the schedule and, you know, as we do more okay, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah we have plenty of, um, not off season, but off season to get through that. Um, yeah. Ron and Vinay, do you all have any yeah, sleepers or. Um, I don't know. I like to see. I actually agree with Sam in this because I was going to say, mention the DJ Yuanglova transfer, which in my opinion is going to go under the radar. We're going to see a lot of improvement. His measurables, uh, just as a fan watching his game, you can tell that you know he had all the talent. His measurables are off the charts. And I think in, a, in another situation, He's primed to flourish. Um, I actually have a few friends and family that go to Oregon State, so they are, you know, fingering that pulse and hop on the bandwagon now. Yeah, you know the hype is there, so I believe in it. I believe in it. It's tough that they beat the Gators, though. Um, under Clemson would be a great pick for surprisingly bad. I don't know. Now you mentioned DJ, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say my whole thing was seven. Yeah, that's a good take. Clemson, on the other hand, are going to sink. I'm here for the Dabo Sweeney downfall. You know, what can I say? I just can't really support that team anymore. A lot of underwhelming performances in big games uh, throughout the seasons. And, yeah, I expect more of it down the road. So we're not on the Cade Klubnik wave? I don't know if I am either. Uh, I don't think. I'm not on it yet. I got to see it. I got to see it. Yeah, I I wasn't super impressed with what I saw. in the bowl game, but you never know. Okay, uh, Ron, do you have any? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a prediction for a team that's you know going to exceed anyone's expectations just because you know I don't really know that that much about you know teams around the sport. But a team that I don't that I think you know right off the gate that's not going to perform, just based off a of president in the sport is Georgia. Uh, have, has a team won three back-to-back championships like ever? Has that happened before? I think it has. But not for a long time. Not in the playoff area, though. So not, not in the playoff area, area right? So there's only a handful of teams that can go back to back, which is an achievement in itself. And Jordan deserves to be applauded for that. Just but just based yeah. on past president, I don't think that's going to happen. And then you could you could be like, oh, what are you saying? 
No, no. Georgia's not, Georgia's not making the Natty next year. I'm pretty sure you're just saying that because you said Georgia should be applauded for that. We can oh. Never, we can never, There's no reason for us to applaud them. Okay? I mean, yeah, of course. Like, obviously, as a, as a Gators fan, like, we, we don't like them, but, you know... All right, yeah, I'm not. All right. I'm not gonna say more than that. Yeah, all so right, George is only in the night next year. That's my early prediction. Uh, okay. All right, so I believe that wraps up our CFP or college football section for today. We got some great topics. I mean, the off season is gonna be super fun. Way too early, top twenty-five transfers, recruits, um, rankings, predictions, all that stuff, and we'll keep you updated. So keep tuning in for our football talk all summer long and all spring long, really, because we got spring camps too. But uh, let's move into the NFL playoffs this weekend. A lot of good news. Um, Probably most pressing right now. Lamar Jackson, most likely not going to play. Hasn't practiced in over a month. Hasn't played in about six games, I believe. Ravens are two and three without him. Uh, so with his contract coming up this season, do you guys believe that Lamar has played his last game in the Ravens jersey? Vinay, uh, I'm going to go to you on this one. What do you think? Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on Lamar's situation right now in the offseason. Um, I'm not particularly too high on the fact that he's his own agent. You know, I respect it. You know, it is it is a tough job to be completely, you know, unbiased and biased at the same time towards decisions. But I think that, you know, they're probably going to throw the franchise tag at him, but I don't see anything more than that. Yeah, I can see that happening. Just because Lamar's not going to budge, and, you know, he's representing himself, so you really have to convince him. And it just doesn't seem like he's been that convinced throughout this season, it's all been kind of hushed. You hear John Harbaugh talking about it, the fact that he has no idea what Lamar's status is the week of a massive wildcard playoff game where his status is in question. You hear that from the coach. Not the same John Harbaugh-Lamar connection and endearment that we've seen throughout their heyday when they went 14-2. and I just think there's too much mud in the water. He's gone. Franchise tag is what they're going to throw at him, and he's going to He's not going to waive his no-trade clause today. Yeah, uh, what do you guys think, Michael, Roma? I don't know. I think I agree with a lot of what Vinay said, but I don't know. There's a lot of smoke for Lamar to a bunch of different teams, and I don't know. I think there is some validity to the smoke. I mean, like, I, as a fan of, like, Lamar's game, I am hoping that he goes to another team just because I want to see what he can do in a different style of offense. Um, I think that'd be super interesting. I wonder, um, like, how he can change, um, like, the receivers around him, um, just the whole scheme of, like, a completely separate type of offense. Um, I'm not really sure whether it'll happen or not. I haven't heard too much um, from, like, reliable sources on, like, whether he's inclined to to stay or leave Baltimore, but... Nothing's really gotten out, and there's been no leaks, so it's, it's been really kept under wraps. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard to predict for sure, but um, I don't know. Also, if he does end up leaving, uh, this does this definitely mean the Ravens are going to pursue a quarterback in the draft? I mean... Mm-hmm. Lamar is their entire offense right now. That's the thing. Yeah. The Ravens' yeah. offense is entirely centered around Lamar. And you see that because they put a bunch of... Ron, what do you think? Like, oh, sorry, sorry. No, I think... Yeah, I was just going to say, they put a bunch of, you know, quarterbacks that are similar-ish to Lamar, but none of them can execute it like yeah, he can. He's you know, Tyler player. Huntley, Anthony Brown. Yeah. Lamar's just that much better. Mm-hmm. 
Bro. Yeah, I mean, with that, you know, repeating what everyone said, I agree. I don't think, you know, Lamar is going to stay uh, away for too much longer. Um, I think, you know, he finds a comfortable home somewhere else and, uh, you know, can, you know, move forward with his career. But, yeah, I don't see him staying with the, with the Ravens anymore. Yeah, I, I pretty much in agreement with all you guys. I think it would be an interesting offseason. Uh, with that, Bucks cowboys going to night should be one of the more interesting uh, wildcard games, definitely. So I want to ask you guys, um, this is basically just really a quick question. We don't really got to go too crazy on it. There's not much, too much to be said. Do we think the Bucks will pull off the upset, even though they're at home? It would still be an upset over the Cowboys. Uh, does Brady pull off the upset here and keep his Super Bowl hopes alive? Uh, me, personally, I don't think so. Uh, by, by watching you know, Tom Brady this season, and well, watching Tom Brady during the first quarter versus the Falcons, was kind of disappointing, honestly. Like, didn't really, you know show that he can is capable of winning a first-round playoff game, you know, at his age. But, you know, Benet has taught me, you know, never, you know, this kind of a, a goat of, of a sport. So, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady can obviously, you know, pull something out of the bag and, you know, carry the Bucks uh, to, to a win. But I don't, if, you know, Tom Brady was playing like he was playing last last week, I don't see him making out of the, making out of Tampa uh, with a win. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to... Ask y'all to remind me, what team did the Cowboys lose to most recently that was, like, pretty bad? The Washington Commanders. Yeah. Um, I think this can kind of validate the claim and the narrative that the Cowboys are, I don't know, pretty big frauds, like Vinay kind of initiated earlier in the season. (laughs) (laughs) They may go to the NFC Championship game, so I cannot... You think so? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, yeah, but I don't know. I, I personally think the Cowboys are, are kind of frauds. Um, I think if there's anyone that could do it, it's Tom Brady. I, I don't know. Like, this could very easily be a game where he just picks apart that defense, um, just does whatever he wants to the air. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how likely that actually is to happen just because, you know, he is a lot older. The Cowboys are a very talented team. Um I also wondered what kind of game we'll get for Michael Parsons. I mean, he hasn't really been super amazing in, in, in recent shouts, in recent games. So, um, Agreed. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, I think the Bucks can definitely do it. Are they likely to? Not so much. I think this is like a 60-40 for me in favor of the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to envision the... Cowboys being the Bucks, seeing as they've never done it before in the Tom Brady era. I don't know. Yeah, that's a fire fucking that's a fire stat. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady's on the yeah, against the Cowboys. That is a good stat. I was thinking about that earlier. That is great for that. Yeah, he is 0-7 all time. Yeah, I mean he is undefeated against the Cowboys. It's the playoffs where you favor a heightened version of Brady. He elevates in the playoffs. That being said, I'm picking the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) It's simply because that defense is going to step up. Micah, DeMarcus, Trayvon, that defense, you know, they've been up and down all year, but I think Dan Quinn has a master class. He gets after Brady, and we see him fade into the sunset. But it was a good run, Brady. It was a good run. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Brady's done in the league, frankly. I think he's going to play it next year. But uh, I think I'm going to be the one who sides with the GOAT here. I'm going to take the Bucks. He has never lost to the Cowboys. I don't think he's going to start now in the playoffs. 
basically, just uh, he definitely covers the spread. I think they win. It's Tom Brady in the playoffs. I just, I just can't bet against the guy. It's too hard. Yeah, That's yeah. a good quote there. That's you know, good topic though. We're gonna see on Monday. Um, we'll definitely talk about wait, it next week. You, you said this question is. Wait, sorry. You said you, you think they, you think they definitely cover. I think they definitely cover the plus three spread. Oh, okay, okay. I think now it's at plus two and a half, but. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. When I saw it, this yeah, yeah, when yeah. I took it. I would take it them. It was at plus three. I would take them plus three Whatever. as well. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, now, uh, this is frankly one of the most interesting questions I've been seeing recently. A lot of debates since the two teams are playing each other. Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. Two extremely good young and upcoming QBs. Chargers versus Jags in Jacksonville for the wild card. Who are you guys more confident in going into this game? And uh, I guess admit, if you want to see the conversation topic this way, who do you like more as a quarterback, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Me personally, um, you know, the Justin Herbert versus two debate was fun. But I think he really takes his game to another level. He proved to me in that game he should. I, I wanted the Dolphins to take him, by the way. Just prefacing this now before I go in, I did want back in 2020 for them to take Herbert over to a didn't get my wish. It's whatever. But um, he he really like proved to me in that game that he's just a top tier quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is may very well be on his way ascending to that level, but he's not there yet. Justin has done this year after year for three years now, and they're both in their first playoff games. Uh, with a healthy Keenan Allen and I believe Mike Williams playing, we'll see Austin Eckler, a healthy defense that is ascending. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers in this game, but I'm also going to take Justin Herbert over Trevor Lawrence straight up. I think Trevor Lawrence is becoming slightly overrated. He's having a good year, but a rough few weeks. But I like Justin Herbert in this QB matchup. Uh, what about you guys? Michael, what do you think? Let's start with you. Uh, if you were to ask me this a few years ago, um, a couple of days before the draft, I would say <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Um, well, yeah, I mean, coming out of college, I like Trevor Lawrence more, is, is my point. Um, I thought he was an insane NFL prospect. Literally, like, the perfect pro-style, like, NFL quarterback. Um, really did not think there was any flaws to his game. I mean, the guy won 40-something straight college football games, right? Like, it, uh, I think he also went undefeated in high school, which is also absurd, but... Um, I don't know. Yeah, his record is like 126 to 22 all time, like high school, college, and NFL all combined. I saw it yesterday. It was like 126 to 22, roughly, like somewhere around, around that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, but I don't know if you're if you're talking right now, I'd probably get Justin Herbert for the same reasons you gave Sam. Um, I'm in a pretty big agreement. I think Herbert has had more success at the pro level than uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yes, we've seen a lot of promise and a lot of improvement from T-Law this season. Um, is it enough to say that he is uh, higher on my list than Justin Herbert? I would say no. I personally have Herbert as the third best quarterback in the NFL, and I don't have Trevor Lawrence um, close to my top five. So, um, Agreed. Yeah. I'm with you there. That's, that's kind of how I see it. I mean, yeah, I don't really have much to say beyond, you know, I agree with everyone. So, without, you know, complicating the matter, yeah, Justin Herbert over T-Law on, on the playoff game and overall as well. Yeah, in my opinion, this is not even close. <clears throat> I think Justin Herbert's a Tier 1 quarterback, and Lawrence is still working his way up from Tier 3 to Tier 2, which is respectable. Like, that's above average player, but this is not a debate for me. Did, didn't you say that uh, Justin Herbert was your early, like, yeah, MVP pick or something. Yeah, before he was a lot of people's MVP picks. That wasn't a hot take coming into the year. Everyone wanted him, and 
And the Chargers were the hot pick to make the Super Bowl because of how good Justin Herbert's been playing. That is true. That is true. I mean, this is the way it's been. All right. Uh, let me ask you one, one more follow-up question on that, though. If you, had to, if, you, if you were a betting man, were, hypothetically, would you take Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence to be the better quarterback in the NFL five years from now? They're both very young. I'm still taking Herbert. I mean, he's, you know, it's not like this guy is, is 30 and exiting his prime. I mean, yep. He will very well be in his prime in five years. And um, I mean, let's, let's not overcomplicate this. I, I still got, as long as, as long as I keep putting the weapons around him like we have now, Justin Herbert is a phenomenal talent. Trevor Lawrence is on his way up with a good coach. But five years from now, I still think Justin Herbert will be the top five quarterback in the league. Uh, I probably have fourth on my list. I know you mentioned that he was third on yours. Uh, I'll put Joe Burrow slightly ahead of him still, but um, whatever. I mean, those two are so interchangeable, but we can both agree that he's above Lawrence, at least right now. I think it will be in five years, though. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, earlier you said, um, you know, Herbert has a lot more at his disposal in that offense, right? Uh, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, uh, uh, Keenan Allen. Like, I don't know. They have yeah. It, Lawrence will have it next year. We'll have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. These are all great weapons. I mean, Evan Ingram has had a resurgence in his offense. I guess, I guess. So we'll, we'll see. This debate will definitely be fun. Well, I think we'll be having this pretty much every year from here on out. This, is, this will be a great matchup. Yeah, I sure hope so. I love watching both of them play. Y'all have any thoughts on who you think is going to be better in five years? Five years? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert. So, so much can happen in five years. You've seen great quarterbacks have, like, an amazing start to their careers, like Herbert, and then fiddle out. Yeah, legally, like I, I can't even imagine in the quarterback business, this is an impossible question. Yeah, I yeah, it is really hard to, to predict and see. There's so many moving factors, so many moving pieces. But yeah, I don't know. I honestly might take Trevor Lawrence just because I was kind of a fanboy uh, watching him. At That's Clemson. very, it's very possible. Yeah, I don't know. All right, you want to go to the final question, Sam? No, I mean. I think we're good here. Uh, we're, as we move into soccer, I'm going to turn this over to Rohan and kind of let him take the lead. He's he's our uh, main soccer guy that I go to for, for my bets and information because he hits them on unreal streaks. So, Rohan, you take the soccer segment. Well, buddy. yeah. Wait, wait. That was really flattering, but... Uh, we have one more question in the NFL segment, I think. Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one more. Do you want to ask it real quick? Oh, yeah. Go for it, yeah. No, yeah. My bad, guys. No, you got it. You got to ask, ask it. Uh, who, with a lot of good matchups this weekend, other than the ones that are injury-ridden, who do we think is the, uh, the the most likely home favorite, or just the favorite in general, because I know the Chargers are favorite on the road. Who's the favorite that's most likely to lose? Just a quick, rapid-fire round. Um, me first, uh, you know, it's not the uh, the hot take, but um, the Cowboys, like I just said, I think they're the home favorite that's going to lose. Roman, what do you think? Yeah, but the Cowboys are away, though. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> Bro, I, I think that's that. Vikings. Vikings. Uh, Giants beat the Vikings. Yeah, I was actually about to say the Vikings as well. Um, I think the Giants come up there and, you know, cause a scene and Giants come out of there with the win. That's three. I'm also going to be placing my vote for the Vikings. Good night. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to say the um, the Bucks. I started with the Cowboys. Well, the. the uh, the Bucks are fraudulently home favorites because they are fraudulent. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, they're just a favorite, but they're just at home. <clears throat> no, but I'm saying, like, 
Yeah, no, I know what you mean. There's they should be a home team. They shouldn't be a home team. Yeah, should be home playoffs. Yeah. All right. With that, let's transition to the actual sport that's called football, but it's called soccer in America. Still have an issue with it, but let's carry on. With a little bit of transfer news, uh, João Felix, a uh, Portuguese star from Atletico Madrid, makes a surprise long move to Chelsea for the rest of the season. Real quick, Vinay, do you think he's going to help Chelsea you know, fight their, their European competition? Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a team who loaned him for a select amount of games. They need to get out of a rough, rough pass. They got desperate. They signed him. Now, with this, he might be missing multiple games. That's cutting into their value. Yeah, I mean, look, Chelsea literally played Fulham earlier today and lost 2-1. Jalfi is our red card debut. Not the greatest start to his Chelsea career. Um, do I see them even making the top six, top seven? I see them, if they do make European competition, they go conference. I don't see them going past that. Uh, but... You know, does it really come down to the player? Does it come down to the manager? Which kind of transitions to my next segment. With a lot of transfer news, there's also a lot of news surrounding managers and where they will end up at the, at the start of next season. Thomas Tuchel, Zinedine Zidane are some of the ones that are kind of leading the charge in that debate. So just like an overall question wanted to pose to everyone, what do you think is like the most important role of a manager? How, you know, does that role, you know, affect the players on match day during a match? Like what is a manager role during a match, you know, let's say, for example, you're down 1-0. You know, what does the manager do there? And how effective is that manager? And do you think it matters more? You know, is the manager more important? Is the player more important? Um, Sam, we'll start with you. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, as, uh, as much as I did enjoy, you know, casually watching the World Cup, and, you know, I casually watch big matches, Champions League and all that. From what I'm, uh, I'm not as in touch with some, the game as some of you guys are. But from what I do observe, and you know, just from knowledge of sports, I did play a lot of soccer, coming up a lot of travel. But when I see a manager, it's just someone who can keep his guys in line. I guess you know, make sure they're motivated and and they're staying in line, they're disciplined, no stupid penalties, stuff like that. But also just making timely substitutions and the timely in-match adjustments to counter, you know, the uh, game plan of the other team. Just timely changes like that, time, timely audibles to put the team in the position to win or come back in your case. I think that's the role of managers that sometimes a player can't quite do. Uh, a manager's watching the game from afar, and they can make quick changes on the fly to help the team put, down, put them in a better position to compete. Michael, what about you? Do you think on, on the day of the match, on you know during the night events, do you think the player is more important or is the manager more important? Well, I think the players are who they are because of the manager, right? Like, I think that without the manager, you have no cohesive team with chemistry, right? The manager has to bring the team together, uh, like Sam said, and you know make sure that everyone is on top of their game, right? Because if there's no manager, then you have to kind of rely on like you know self discipline and self training. So I think obviously, for me, this is I don't know just kind of clear that the manager is more important than the players. Obviously, the players have to show up and be in the right mindset, but you know the best way to do that is by having a manager. And also on game day, how else are you going to make universal changes across the pitch, right? Um, during halftime, you have to have someone who you know understands the game and is seeing it from a third-person perspective. Because when you're on the pitch, sure, you see things that you know um, you know the manager might not be able to see, but vice versa is also true, if not more true, in my opinion. I think the manager sometimes can see things almost from a bird's-eye view um, that the players might not necessarily be able to. And for me, um, I think that the manager is probably more important than the players. Although the players do have to just play, do their role, and stay disciplined themselves um, during the match. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> interesting to think about Rohan. He just said, in the 90 minutes of a match, who do you think is more important? I think <clears throat> we all respect Jose Mourinho, legendary coach. He said it best. When he said, once that whistle blows, he sits back. He can't do anything. It's up to the players to see the windows, the channels, the vision. And it's up to him to direct them to see that. But on the pitch, he can't do that for them. They have to execute it. So that's just a quote that came to mind when this question was brought up. And that's why I say the players, during the 90 minutes, they have to execute, no matter what the tactics may be. I mean, yeah, I have to agree with A here. I mean, you can talk tactics, you can talk whatever, you know, whatever you want before the match. But once the whistle blows and you're, you're alone on the pitch with 10 other people trying to, you know, score... Tactics don't really matter at that point where you're you're literally like fighting for, for fighting for the ball, fighting for the goal, and fighting for your team. You know, I can I can put myself you know in the position of a, of a of a player on a team in a top European setting, and when you know when you're when you're in the game, yeah, you do what the manager tells you to do, but it's up to you to do it. The manager, like Vinay said, is not going to do it for you. And you know, while you know the manager can make audibles and you know make you know, substitutions. At the end of the day, the players are still the ones that are scoring the goals and keeping the manager in their job. So, for me, I think the manager is not as important as players. But that does not go to say that managers, you know, do, you know, they, they do play an important role in the game. Like, like Sam said, you know, making those tough calls, you know, encouraging the team and, you know, making sure they cross the finish line, you know, giving them, a, giving them the helping hand on the sidelines. But, Another question on the topic of managers, because there's so there's so much news happening around the world. You know, teams are fighting for the best managers, you know, support them and you know, help them in their individual goals to success within their individual leagues or in their European competitions or in their country competitions, which kind of begs the question, you know, this is a head-scratcher for me because there's just so many fantastic managers out there. I wanted to pose this question to the group, you know, current, present, you know, dead, you know, it could be you know, an upcoming manager in the future. When it's all said and done, who do you think is the best manager in the world? I'll, I'll pose the question to Vinay first. <clears throat> well, with respect to Johan Cruyff, I have to go with Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, that guy went on a legendary run. 13 Premier League titles. Crazy. Multiple Champions League titles. I mean, the guys he did it with, legends, right? Because he molded them. You've seen what he did with so many stars, Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, the player coaching is obvious. And then the, you know, the toughness that he instills on the team. You hear what Gary Neville talks about, obvious. You know, he checks every box. And to me, he's up there with the, the Nick Sabans of the world. I equate him with Saban in the way that he was able to build such a dominant program for so long in the toughest league on the planet. And, you know, I, I can't, I have trouble saying anyone over Sir Alex. Michael, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Pep Guardiola. My answer is pretty simple. It's what he's done recently, or I guess with Barcelona, he's gotten Messi to be the help, or at least help him along the way to be the greatest player of all time. Right, we agree. Messi's the greatest player of all time. He doesn't do that without a world-class manager. Right, um, 
Now he's on Man City looking to win uh, the Champions League title. He is pitching really, really amazing games, uh, I think. Um, I don't know. I think that Man City is, you know, out scheming a lot of teams. I know they had that bad loss recently. Um, but I think for the most part, they have a really good shot at winning the title. Um, and I don't know. I think his, his record with Barcelona uh, speaks for itself. Um, yeah, that, that's my answer. Sam, what about you? Any, any takes on that? Uh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm also going to take Jose Mourinho because, frankly, he's the only one of those I know by name. And uh, even with any research I've put into this, I do not know enough about soccer coaches and managers to make a fair take that would not sound stupid or uneducated. So he's the only one of those guys I really know. And he has done a lot of great things out there on the pitch. So if you're taking him, he must be pretty good. I'm on a roll with you on that one. Yeah, fortunately, we are in agreement. I am taking Jose Mourinho as the best manager in the world. I, um, I mean, first off, let's just establish that the objective answer is Sir Alex Ferguson. It's like widely agreed. Okay, okay, okay yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson won 13 titles in a row. No, it's like wildly agreed. Let's, it, come on now. I mean, all right, we can, we, can, we can get to the... I want to I talk specifically more about Pep Guardiola before I talk about Sir Alex Ferguson. Uh, obviously, you know... Wait, you haven't even made your case yet. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to make my case as I, as I talk about Pep Guardiola real quick. Sure. So, so obviously, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho have had you know, their past, you know, their bitter rivals. But at the end of the day, they share their mutual self-respect um, for each other you know, and for, for their you know, jobs on, on, the, on the sidelines. But... Let's talk a little bit about you know their trophy cabinets, what they've accomplished. Uh, Jose Mourinho, I believe he has two Champions League titles, one with Inter Milan, one with Chelsea. Um, Michael, how many uh, Champions League titles does uh, Pep Guardiola have? Let me guess. Yeah, it's zero. Exactly. And how many times has he gotten to the Champions League final? Let me guess. Yeah. Zero. No, actually, once last season with Manchester City, and they lost to Chelsea. And you know, to to have the funding that he does across all the teams that he's played, uh, has he's managed for in Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Manchester City, to sign top-class players like Messi, Haaland, Lewandowski, etc., and to not win the Champions League, and to only qualify for the Champions League final once. I think they actually qualified twice, once at Bayern Munich. Was that the one that they lost in first game for? Yeah, so twice. Qualify for the Champions League final twice and lose both of them with the amount of funding that you have. To me, you know, no amount of tactics can, you know, can, can help you at that point when you're, you're just not creative enough to beat teams with the amount of budget that you have. Who has more wins all time? Uh, I can't tell you. I, I don't know. Probably, actually? I'm, I'm just making that up. Okay, yeah. Know. So that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> that honestly isn't a good metric either, judging, you know, basically just basically off of, you know, my opinion, the variety of different, you know, clubs that... that so, what, so, so why is uh, UCL titles the best metric? Because UCL titles are arguably, you know, the most coveted, most prized, and probably the most challenging, you know, trophies to win in Europe. And yep. Europe is, like, the, the place to be. So, wait, Jose Mourinho hasn't had funding somewhere to... I would, I would disagree completely. Not Nowhere close. I, I would say nowhere. Yeah, nowhere close. I would say... Maybe United didn't even let him buy Harry Maguire. Which, exactly. I don't know why they caved in the end after firing him. Yeah, so... If they can't invest 80 million euros for a, a coveted center back back in the day, we all, we all know how he turned out. But if, you know, a club that Jose Mourinho uh, manages can't give him 80 million to sign, you know, a rising star center back, you know, that just goes to show that, you know, a club like even Manchester United, you know, 
Like, it just goes to show that he's done more okay, than less. Okay. But <clears throat> I just have to say, trophies aside, we have to acknowledge that Pep has created one of the most iconic and attractive brands of football on the planet. I mean, it's, it's insane. And he brought it to Man City. I mean, watching Man City is painfully, painfully, like, admirable because of the way they slice through teams. Oftentimes, teams I'm rooting for to upset them. I just see them get slaughtered by Pep's brand of football, which, I mean, is devastating, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, it is devastating, but... Mourinho's brand can be accused of, at times, you know... I mean, he invented invented Park the Bus, and, you know, that was on full display in Manchester United, and... The Park the Bus, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, y'all did get to the Europa League final, right? With with those tactics. Come on now. And you won. Yeah, sure, but like, let's let's be honest here. Like, I mean, it, I don't think it matters how beautiful you know the passes are, the flair, like how much flair there is in the game. Whatever matter, what matters is the final result, right? Like, if I score two shitty penalties on FIFA and I still win the game, that's all that matters because I still get plus three points over you, for example, right? That translates over to real life as well. It doesn't matter how they play. All that matters is that's if if it's how they win, that's how they win. Well, the. I wouldn't completely agree with that argument. I mean, we're debating who the better manager is, right? I mean, yeah, no, but you but see that whenever Jose who's Mourinho changed the game more? Who's changed the game of soccer more? I don't think Pep Guardiola or Jose Mourinho has had. No, no, no. Pep has had a fundamental impact. Think about it. Mikel Arteta, his pupil under Man City, has Arsenal at the top of the league right now. And look at the brand of soccer they're playing. Very similar to Man City. It's Pep's school. His school is starting to become a legacy. It's like Nick Saban again. I mean, also, yeah. you have to say that's a direct thing. He's, it's widespread change throughout the football world. Yeah, i also ask you one question. Uh, how many goats has, has uh, Jose Mourinho helped develop? I mean, Mourinho. Jose Mourinho has managed some incredible players like Ronaldo, Ibrahimovic. Like, um, but wait, I could go on. But wait, who's the goat, though? I mean... Just because Pep Guardiola signed to manage a team that Messi was on does not mean that he like helped Messi become the goat. So if Messi, oh, so if Messi has a bad manager, he can he. Messi has a bad manager right now. I don't even know who the manager of PSG is right now, but he's still the goat. Well, that's not my point. My my point is you're saying that if, if Messi had a crap manager, he would still be where he's at today, regardless. Obviously, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not arguing that Jose Mourinho. Is a fantastic Jose Mourinho. Uh, no, sorry, not Jose Mourinho. Pep Guardiola is a fantastic manager. You know, yeah, I would definitely you know love him to you know manage Juventus. You know, if that possibility does you know arise, but let's let's face, let's let's look at the facts here, right? You know, I mean, I okay, I'm gonna backtrack here because I kind of lost my train of thought. To your to your your point was that. Jose Mourinho helped Mourinho Messi become, you know, like, develop and become, like, a goat, right? Uh, Pope yeah, okay, yeah. I I mean, that's fine. Player development is a part of coaching, and we can say that, that Pep Guardiola is good at player development. I'll concede that Pep Guardiola is good at uh, development. But without, you know, talking too much in circles here, um, I still don't think that, you know, that outweighs, you know, what Jose Mourinho was able to do on multiple different teams with multiple different levels of funding and the amount of success he has across the board in different leagues. Um, Jose Mourinho has been a little bit disappointed at the Champions League just goes to show that, you know, he's not he's not able to, to you know, be that highly on my rankings.
you have anything? Anyone have anything else to wrap up on, real quick? I, mean, I have like a uh, oh yeah, you go. A counterpoint, like, is your metric for Jose Mourinho being the best that he did the most with least with the least? I mean, compared to what you know, Pep Guardiola has. Yes. But, I mean, because if we want to be relative, like the uh, Cooper City Cowboys boys U twelve soccer coach, in my opinion, did more with less with that soccer team than any of these big stars, right? Like, is that, if that's the metric, then he's the best manager of all time. And we haven't even heard of him, right? All right, I'm just going to... But anyway, do you have anything to say? I mean, you know, that's definitely an interesting analogy, for sure. Uh, let us know in the comments, you know, if that sweaty. Yeah, I mean, also, by the way, if the, if the Cooper City or Cowboys, you know, manager wants to hit me up and we can have this discussion, you know, Leave a comment down below. I'll be more well, than happy to hit you up. You heard it here first. Rohan has beef with the manager of the Cooper City Cowboys. <laughs> all love, all love. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up you know my segment on soccer. Leave your comments down below. Who you think the best uh, manager in the world is? Sam, you want to say something? Sorry. Yeah, but just before we move on to the best, I mean, you kind of yeah. I was kind of going to say the point that you were getting towards Michael. And- I don't know if there's a real one answer to this question. I feel like there's so many coaches. I mean, soccer's so global that there's so many coaches spread out across so many different leagues. Uh, it just depends what metric you're going. I'm sure you can throw a lot of coaches in with some superstar rosters and see what they do. And, and there's also coaches who are doing more with less. It's just whatever metric you want to go by. I don't think we'll ever really know the answer. Of, I think the greatest and the best are obviously due to two different things, and I think maybe there we can get a good answer. But, um, yeah, it, it's just a metric. I like seeing guys who can do more with less, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but, you know, there's really just so many answers that you could go with here. Uh, and there's so many good arguments for both. I don't know if we'll ever really get to the, the bottom of it, frankly. Yeah, I agree. You know, the world's a big place and soccer is a world sport and there's managers at every level. So to that point, I agree. Um, but yeah, again, let us know what you think. Uh, and also let us know some more questions you would like us to discuss on the podcast. We're always looking for suggestions, things to talk about. And yeah, we'd love to hear what you what you guys think. Uh, and yeah, with that, that covers pretty much all of our content, but we're gonna transfer over to our best best our best bet segment where we will talk about our locks of the week and kind of recap what we uh, talked about last week. Um, last week was not the best week for me. I went one for three. Last week was my best week, definitely. Oh really? Well, yeah. Um uh, yeah, I mean I went one for three. Uh, my lock of the week was the, on the City Chelsea halftime full full time result. I pre- could pre- I correctly predicted a draw slash City result at plus four hundred. So if you took my lock of the week suggestion, you made some pretty good cash. But I did lose on the Foden anytime goal scorer of the total cards over four and a half. Foden was just not able to do anything. And then once you know that Guardiola brought on Riyad Mahrez, it doesn't really help my case in the manager today, but. That was a pretty good decision, and Manchester City ended up winning. And total cards over four and a half. Yeah, everyone seemed pretty well behaved. Uh, nothing really to comment on there. Uh, but with these bets, I would like to go um, three for three uh, this coming week. Uh, so the so the games we're going to be talking about are uh, Manchester United versus Manchester City on Saturday at seven thirty Eastern, and um, Juventus versus Napoli on Friday two forty five p.m. Eastern. Really nervous in that game. But yeah, my first bet, and probably the lock, no, actually not the lock, but uh, it's Marcus Rashford, anytime goal scorer, plus 450 versus City. They're playing at home. 
Mas- uh, Marcus Rashford scored two goals in their uh, cup win versus Charlton Athletic, I believe. And uh, he's just been on a tear. Uh, the last few times I've taken him, uh, he hasn't disappointed me. And, you know, I love him. I think he's super shifty. And I think he has something to prove versus Manchester City. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's a pretty good thing to take. Uh, the second uh, bet I'm taking this week is on the Juventus game. Uh, it's going to be a halftime, full-time result of a draw. And Juventus winning plus 7.95. Hear me out here. I know the odds seem like it's not going to happen. But if you look at Juventus' last few games, we love to leave it late. We love to score past the 85th minute. Um, and, you know, I think we, I mean, we have the best defensive record in Serie A, even though we're playing away. I don't think we crack under Napoli's, you know, pressure. I think we hold them to a draw at least in the first half. Um, um, and, and, and hopefully we're up if our offense is able to do something. Um, but with Chiesa on the field, you know, I do think events will pull out the full-time result. So, yeah, that's my kind of, you know, prediction. Uh, draw, use a half-time full-time result. And finally, Chiesa, anytime goal scorer, plus 350. Hopefully, he's making his first start back after injury. Those are the rumors right now. Um, and I just think, you know, he's going to be our main source of offense with Dusan Vlaovic on the bench. I think Angel Di Maria and Chiesa are going to, you know, provide a lot of, you know, offensive, you know, structure and, you know, offensive power. And I think he's going to be uh, our clinical goal scorer that helps us win. So, those are my three bets. My lock is uh, the draw. Juve halftime, full-time result at 795. Um, that's probably the one that I'm most believing in, even though it has the, the scariest odds. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think. Um, yeah, uh, Venetis typed something on the laptop that I really agree with. Uh, y'all can ponder on what that is um, in the comments. But yeah, this is a great take by Vinay. Uh That's for another time. Um, okay, also, I would like to say, um, please leave some ideas for punishments in the comments, not just for us, but for Rohan, because he's going to go 0 for 3 this week. Yes. You know, this I is, can, I will, I'm willing to make a side bet with anyone that Rohan will go 0 for 3. <laughs> all right, all right. I can add that to my best bets part. Okay, before, you, before we go into the next best bet segment, today, if I don't go 0 for 3, would you, would you be willing to do like a play? Like, are you so confident that I'm going to go 0 for 3? Listen, <laughs> I'm adding it as a prop to my lock. Hey, yo. I'm lining it at minus 300. Hey, yo. Minus yeah. 300. Just so you see your dad confident master, Marcus Matchford's not going to score versus City. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. I forgot that you took Man United lines. Okay. I forgot the side bet next week. Do not bet on Man U. I will take that bet and I will win. And yeah. my viewers will also win. All proceeds from Rohan's downfall go to my viewers. <laughs> so anyways. Alright, yeah, so just expect a, a Rohan 0-3. The only reason I'm saying that is because these odds are kind of crazy. Like, plus 450, plus 795, and plus 350. Like, that is... Um, I only provide lots for my viewers. Yeah, that is... You said that last week, but anyway. I mean, my <laughs> lot of the week was a hit, just saying. Okay. Alright, let's recap last week for me. It was pretty solid. I went 2 of 3. Um, I have a question for anyone here. It's a little bit of trivia. Do we know how how tall a basketball rim is off the ground? 11 feet. No, not 11 feet. Like 13 feet? 10 feet. It's 10 feet off the ground. Do you know what... Come on, guys. Do you you guys know um, what 
you know, please convert feet to yards is my question. How many yards is 10 feet? Oh, yeah, let me just call my fucking calculator for my back pocket. 3.1? <laughs> Actually, no, I could be good. I could be so far off on that. All right, it's three point three 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 because okay, that was kind of right. But yeah, 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 yeah. Ten divided by three, but three point three 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 yards is more than the number of yards that Quentin Johnston had in this abysmal <laughs> of performance versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Keely you Ringo, went through all of that for that. Keely Ringo locked him up. Do you know what Quentin Johnston's stat line was in this game? One reception for three yards. I am willing to say this to anyone. I could have gone out there and caught one pass for three yards. I don't care how good Georgia's defense is. All I need is like one or two decent blocks on Keely Ringo, and I could sprint to the sideline, get out of there, get to three, get get, some, get three yards. I could do it in one game. I promise you. Promise you. Respectfully, you would not. Jalen Carter would actually. Anyway, that was a huge W for me. I I bet Quentin Johnson under 15.5 points. That was my first hit. Uh, The second was the loss. It was Duggan over 26.5 rushing yards. Kind of embarrassing considering that he had minus 38 rushing yards. Um, Yeah, why would you take that? Yeah, because he has a does the sacks add up. Right? Yeah, first of all, I didn't I didn't know sacks counted against rushing yards in college football. Yeah, uh, no, in the no, NFL, in, in the NFL, they they count against passing yards. Um, but yeah, so that was my that, my loss, and then my last one was a win as well. It was Georgia to cover the minus, minus thirteen and a half point spread. Um, I explained why in the earlier breakdown video. Um, this could have been a fifty point spread, and they still would have covered. Um, I don't even know what's... I'm at a loss for words. It could have been a 57-point spread they still would have covered. Like, I knew this was going to happen. Georgia was just too good. Uh, the SEC, uh, it just means more. So now I'm 8 out of 12. I'm in second place um, behind Vinay. Um, so this week, uh, here are my locks. I'm taking the Siena Saints money line versus Niagara. And I just want to say shout-out to Vinay for starting the cool name trend and go Saints. So that's why I took the Siena Saints. Just a gut feeling. I mean, you started a wave. What's a better gut feeling than this? This is an obvious lock. You got a cool name, and the Saints are involved. Yeah, and they're playing a literal waterfall. Like, how are you expecting to win? Do you remember? Do you remember when he told me to take the Buffalo Bulls money line? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I actually did research in my game. That's a whole start. Niagara without uh, the falls is very yeah. Niagara is about to fall to the Saints. <laughs> oh my god! Second. Clay Thompson over 23 and a half points. Uh, I checked prize picks. This line said 23 and a half points. Um, you wonder what he did his last five games? 29 points, 31 points, 54 points, 30 points, and 29 points for an average. Only one of those games was Steph, though. Only one of those games was Steph in the lineup. Yeah, but you know what? I think he's just been too hot. I mean, he's been shooting well from the field. He's been shooting well. Sure. He's been shooting well from three. I think I think Steph sees that Clay Thompson has been on fire. He's going to feed him the ball. Um, maybe more than he did previously in the season. I think Clay Thompson um, goes over 23.5 points. Um, my last pick is the Los Angeles Chargers to cover a minus two point spread against the Jaguars. This comes from our earlier conversation of um, I just think Justin Herbert is going to outclass um, Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, that. We already talked about it. I'm not going to go too much more in depth. I, I guess I'd say that's my lock of the week. 
Um, but I don't. I guess uh, yeah. That that's my best pick. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I had a good week last week. Two of three. Hit on the lines. Morning line was was which was my lock of the week. And um, the the emotional ties pick was the Dolphins money line. Uh, you know, there was never a doubt except for the first, second, third, and fourth quarter where I doubted it the whole way. But we hit. And um, and I did miss on TCU plus 12 and a half. That, that doesn't look like a very good pick right now. But um, just a heads up for our viewers, I, why I keep looking away. I'm live sweating Mavericks money line on my phone because it is the last leg of my parlay, every one of which has hit. There's 15 seconds left in the game in double overtime, and the Mavericks are up four. So, loving how that's going. Okay, well, let's go, let's wow. go. How many likes is the part of that? It was six. Wow. <laughs> okay. No, no. Sorry, sorry. The sixth one missed. This one was a three-legger. Uh, right. Heat money line, Mavericks money line, and uh, Cavaliers money line. Okay. okay. Impressive, very impressive. Late night. But, uh, anyways, my picks for this weekend. Seahawks plus ten. That is an alternate spread, but I like it. Uh, the line, I think itself, is at like eight and a half, nine. So this is just one more back to give you the double digits worth. Um, I'm Brock Purdy in his first playoff game, Mr. Irrelevant. I think there's a uh, cause to hesitate. But my main uh, sticking point here is that this the 49ers have beaten the Seahawks twice already this year. And we all know it is extremely hard to beat the ten, uh, team three times in the same season, much less by 10 points or more. So I'm going to take Seahawks plus 10 more. Chargers minus two, agreeing with Michael. We don't really got to sit on it. Probably been over this. Just trusting Herbert to clear the, to do his thing and win. And then lastly, Bengals minus eight. This is my lock of the week. Uh, no Lamar, it seems like, and Huntley is questionable. He just practiced today for the first time. I feel better about this if Huntley doesn't play, but even if he does, I think the Bengals can cover minus eight at home. So yeah, that's, those are my three right there. I'm six for 12 so far, and, uh, we're going to make that nine and 15. Yeah, no, definitely pulling for those to hit. Um, you know, last week, things went pretty well. You know, if you, <coughs> if you tuned into my bets, you know, if you didn't, then I'm sorry. But Vancouver kind of sold. I picked them on a win just because, you know, I was curious what a Canuck was. And, you know, curiosity pays off. That's all I know. Do you know what a Canuck is now? No, I don't, <laughs> frankly, because I don't care about <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks. It's just a brutal reality. But, um, yeah, this week I'm looking at Manchester United to beat Manchester City. You know, emotional pick, but I will be waking up at 7.30 a.m. for that. And I feel like I should get rewarded for that. <laughs> Facts, yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, we'll be pulling for that win. You know, and um, yeah, I actually took Mavericks money line tonight. Uh, did not know that that game was today <laughs> while we were going to be recording, but yeah, I took that before. And so, very nice that Sam provided that update because I guess I did not realize that that game was so close, and I did not realize that that game was right now. Sam, any further update? Did they, did they pull it out? Uh, yeah, they pulled it out. They were up. Uh, they were up four with about fifteen seconds ago. Game just finished. Wow. Mavericks one nineteen, Lakers one fifteen, and double overtime. So your boy just won a cool forty something bucks off of a little small tiny parlay. There we go. Like round money. Sorry, yeah, excuse my language, but you know. To both Sam and Renee for uh, getting there. Getting excited for the win here. Exactly. Should have put that on, but you know we do what we do. This is just a winning culture we're building over here. I mean, literally, come on, guys. 
I literally just cashed a live best bet as soon as I said it. Like that's true. These things just keep cashing, and if you don't hop on, just like right it's now. It's just ridiculous over here. I mean, I, I know the record says six and twelve, but <laughs> if you flip around, it's twelve and it, if you flip around, it's twelve and six, and that means I hit twelve bets and only miss six. So that's just that's what it is. Nah, enough of me gloating about my record. It's definitely gonna go down because my last leg is Austin Eckler first touchdown score against the Jaguars. Dude, I was thinking about that. I don't know. I'm just feeling, you know, that man Eckler is gonna get loose on a questionable Jaguars run defense. Actually, I was looking at Eckler three touchdowns or more. Really? Yeah, wow. it's plus twelve hundred, which is crazy. But I don't know. I could totally see I, that. Yeah, I have a feeling he's gonna cook that defense. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a very suspect defense, and yeah. I think the Chargers. Joey Bosa is playing. Williams is playing. It's gonna get ugly, and Eckler is gonna feast. So, yeah. All right, yeah, with that, uh, thus concludes our best bet section. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to our first uh, in-person uh, slash virtual podcast. We hope you enjoyed this kind of setup, and if you want us to go back to the Zoom setup, let us know. It is a lot easier, So, uh, but if you do enjoy the setup, you know, seeing the three of us together and Sam on the screen, uh, feel free to let us know. Also, like Michael reiterated before, please comment down below some punishments. These guys still have to do a punishment for losing the TSU wager. And also, if one of us goes over three, what was I saying? TSU, but it's a TCU major. And uh, if a, a one of us goes, fan, right? a big fan. And one of us, go, if one of us goes over three, we do have to do a punishment. So we really would love for you to comment uh, some punishments down below. Also, continue. A little bonus news before we go. I'm sorry, I just got a breaking news notification that uh, the Patriots have reportedly fired Matt Patricia from the offensive coordinator role. Just an NFL breaking news there. I thought you were going to say they fired Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, damn, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, some live news. Uh, and he, he had to be back to what I'm saying. Uh, see you guys soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, we are 31 of 49 on our best bet segment. Some yes. quick math. That's kind of nuts. That's better than LeBron's. That's a good percentage. That's probably better than most models you'll find made by whatever other YouTubers you were considering watching on your page. So instead of watching them, watch us. This is Hold Down the Fort. Uh, please like, subscribe, share with your friends. And leave some more debate questions down below. Until next week. Peace out. Peace.